Hi, I'm Walter Hallam, and you're listening today to the Walter Hallam Ministries Podcast. Get ready to receive a powerful word from God today. For 2,000 years, the message of Jesus being born and Jesus coming to earth, of course, has been preached and told and talked about, but it also, many times it gets kind of traditionalized, and in the traditional uh, approach, sometimes it, it can almost override the biblical context. And it's very good to go back and review and to look and see exactly what the Bible says about Jesus being born in Luke chapter 2 when he was born. So if I say some things today, uh, first of all, they will be from the Bible. But if I say some things today and you say, well, I never heard that before. I didn't know that. Or I didn't, that's not the way I thought it was true. Remember, you and I didn't write the Bible. We might have seen some movies about it. We probably heard some songs. But what does the Bible say? Everybody shout the Bible. So obviously that's our authority for everything that we endeavor to do is the Word of God. So let's just stick with the Word today. And uh, let's rejoice and see uh, what this says. I'm going to read a a couple of verses to you. Probably about a few. Luke chapter 2. It's the story of when Joseph and Mary, of course, had gone to uh, Bethlehem. Let me begin in verse 7. And she brought forth her firstborn son. This is Luke chapter 2, verse 7. I'm reading out of King James. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes. There's an interesting word. I'll talk about it in a moment and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. And there was in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. That's a fascinating statement there. Verse 9, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. When I was a boy in Sunday school, we used to think the name of the angel was Lo. And lo, the angel... I see you didn't grow up in Sunday school. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were very afraid, sore afraid. And the angel, the angel said unto them, fear not. Listen to the first message. Fear not for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Verse 11, for unto you was born this day. Everybody say this day. day. If you read it in the Greek, it says, for unto you earlier today was born. Jesus had already been born when the angel appeared. He had been born somewhere uh, probably uh, three to six hours earlier. And the angel of the Lord said to them, unto you is born, has been born this day, But it's nighttime, it's in the evening time when it appears, when the angel appears to the shepherds and says, today this happened. In the city of David, a Savior, come on, say Savior, Savior. which is Christ, come on, say Christ. Christ. He is the Lord, say the Lord. Lord. Listen to what that angel said. That one particular verse, verse 11 On that verse hangs all of the revelation of who Jesus is, why he came, 
and everything about him. Verse 12, and this shall be a sign unto you. One translation says it like this, and if I'd give it to you in the Greek, you would understand it. It says, and this is a special sign to you guys, to you shepherds. I'll explain that in a moment. This is going to be a special sign for you guys, you shepherds. This shall be a sign unto you. You will find the babe, that's an interesting word, babe, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, and when the angel had said this, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of other angels, heavenly hosts. They were praising God and saying, everybody shout saying. They were talking, they were saying. It's not the Greek word, H-U-M-E-O, humio, which we get the word hymns and harmony and all of that from. It's a word here that means to say and declare. I think that's an interesting thought. And they were saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Can you see this with me just for a moment? Here's this one angel. I'm not sure if it was Gabriel. The Bible doesn't say. Of course, he would be familiar with that whole thing. He had appeared to Mary nine months before. But here, this is going on, and he's now telling these unique shepherds what has just taken place a few hours ago, about a quarter of a mile to a half a mile away from them in the city. And that shepherd's field is there today. I'll talk about it in just a moment a little bit more. And he says to them, uh, the Savior, the Lord, the Christ has now been born and come to earth. And he's going to bring peace. And that means peace with God to, to every man, to all mankind, not just to Jews, not just to Arabs, not just to a Middle Eastern people not just to black people, not just to Latinos, Mexicans, not just to white people, all people, all people, all people. He said he's the one for everyone. And the scripture says suddenly, and that word suddenly is a beautiful word. It means to surprise. It's like all of a sudden God yanked the curtain back and wham, there's a big host of angels there Instead of just one, I imagine those shepherds would have really freaked out if all of a sudden there would have been this big army of angels in the air and around them uh, that immediately started talking, but just one of them appeared and began to talk. And he said, get rid of the fear. It's kind of hard for me to minister to you with all that fear. Fear not. And then after he gave that powerful message, which is the story of Genesis to Revelation in about two verses, when he gave that particular message to them, suddenly God pulled back the curtain and bam, they're surrounded. There is a large host and these guys are saying, yeah, that's right. The Messiah came. The Savior has come. The Lord is here. It's finally happened. Oh, hallelujah. Everybody get excited. The Bible doesn't say that a choir broke out singing, hallelujah. That's simply not in your Bible. As a matter of fact, just for the thought, there's no place in your Bible anywhere that emphatically says an angel ever sang. Not one place. If you find it, that'd be nice. I'd like to see it. 
It's simply not there. It says they proclaim, they say, they declare, they do all of those things. But uh, 1 Peter 1.12 says there are things that the angels look into and they desire, they wish they could do, speaking of redemption. But God gave man and only man the power to declare the story of redemption. And in Revelation, when you see the elders, the 24 elders and all of them around the throne of God and they're on their harps and they're harping on their harps and they're singing, the Bible says. And then there's a host of, uh, they're called seraphim that are the six-winged angels that are flying around and they are saying. And those are two different, total different words, completely different words. Once again, our tradition sometimes causes us to believe what Martin Luther wrote. Hark the herald angels sing. And I love it. And I actually believe angels probably sing. It's just not in the Bible. I don't have any problem with angels sing. I hope they sing. I'm sure that's a cool sound. But can I just say that God redeemed you and he put you back in harmony in relationship with God and he gave you an ability to talk and an ability to sing that apparently even the angels cannot sing your message. Oh, I'm preaching a lot better than you're amen today. If you think that music is not important to God, oh, hallelujah. According to the scripture, only man could sing like that. Now, don't get all upset because, you know, you've got this uh, mindset. Uh, once again, I'm certainly not offended at all if angels can sing. I actually, inside, I actually think probably angels can sing. But the message they sing is not the message you sing. Your message is, I've been redeemed, the Messiah, the, the glorious one. The angels declare it, the Bible says, and they praise God because of who he is. But you are supposed to be lifting your voice, not out at the blue light lounge at night doing all this stuff all the time. You're supposed to be magnifying God. Ooh, I am preaching so good on a Sunday morning. Only man does that. That ability to humio, to harmonize, to sing the hymns, to magnify God with that kind of voice. Angels, the Bible says, are proclaimers. They are declarers. They say it. You and I also sing it. Oh, hallelujah. It's not a point of doctrine. It just happens to be in the Bible. It's very important that we learn the power that God has given to us and that we understand that. And the Bible says that they begin to praise and they begin to magnify God. A multitude, come help me if you would, Sergio. Suddenly, there was this multitude and they were praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. On earth, peace, it's finally happened, goodwill. God has great intentions for your life, goodwill toward man. You can have peace. You're no longer at a place where you have to be at enmity, the Bible says, with God. Mankind can be reconciled and restored. It started today, he said. And that's what the angel was declaring. These shepherds were interesting people. 
They were very interesting people. Outside of Bethlehem, there's a place, they're still there today. They're called the Shepherd's Fields. You can look them up online. You can see them if you've been to the Middle East, over if you've been to Jerusalem and Bethlehem. On a tour, you'll go see that. Now listen, those fields that were there were unique because that's where the, the sheep and the lambs were raised that the priest used in the temple sacrifice. It was a special area. Today, it's still called the shepherd's field. In about the fourth century, Constantine's wife, when she was converted, she began to capture those areas over there uh, biblically. So the body of Christ, the church, God used her. So uh, we would have records of the history of the things of the Bible. Otherwise, the things in the Middle East could have been totally destroyed. And so many of those sites that are in the scripture were preserved. And they're there still today. And they've been there now for over, uh, noted by the early church, early Christians for about almost 1,800 years. They're there today still. You can go visit them, they're there. And in the shepherd's field, these were unique kind of shepherds. They were select. They were shepherds, all right. But their job was to train or to raise these animals and take care of them because they would be used in sacrifice by the priest in the temple. I think that's a powerful type because they were real familiar with how to treat little lambs. Listen. And so when a lamb was born, oftentimes just because of the terrain and because of they're trying to uh, make sure these lambs live and they're well taken care of, they use something that we call today, I can give you the Greek for it if you want it, but anyway, in the Bible, it's called swaddling cloths. So swaddlings are just, they're strips of, or they're bandages, strips of, of, of material of some kind. And they would wrap their legs and try to keep them warm and try to keep them uh, maybe medicated if they had a cut or a scratch. And so they would be real familiar with that. And that's why the angel of the Lord said to these shepherds, now listen, I'm going to give you a sign. You're going to recognize this. When you get into Bethlehem, where you get where that is, you're going to find him and he's going to be the one that's wrapped in swaddling cloth. Because no, no mother would have done that. But Jesus, having been born in a place where there were animals uh, and, and laid in a manger, there would have been cloth. There would have been those things probably there available and they needed something to wrap him up in. And so the scripture says to fulfill the prophecies of the Old Testament as well as the New Testament, he was wrapped in the swaddling cloth and God was talking to them. And he, they made sure, God made sure that they knew which one he was. Let me ask you a question today. Do you know for sure which one he is? Do you understand that Jesus is not Muhammad? He is not Buddha. He is not Sun Young Moon. He is no one else. He is the Christ. He is the Lord. He is the Savior. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. There's no one like our God. It's a powerful, powerful message. And when one of those angels finally blurted it out and said, today, right over there, maybe a half mile or so from here, today was born the Savior, capital S. 
Today was born the anointed one, the Christ. Today was born the Lord. When it says Lord, it's a capital L. And in the original language, in the Greek, it's a capital L. And it's one thing to be the Lord of the house and to be the Lord of the manor and the Lord of the country. Those are little L's. But when they put a capital L occasionally on something, that meant it is the highest type of relationship. They actually said the Lord of all lords, the one who rules and reigns over the universe, the one who was first and last, the one who was, is, and is to come, the Lord. When they called Jesus that that day, and they have that capital L on it. I don't mind telling you, that angel was saying out of everything that God created, this is the one right here. He's above everything. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. He's the God of our salvation. That angel began to declare. And those other angels, I just don't think they could contain themselves anymore. They had been waiting ever since the fall of the Garden of Eden. Ever since God said in Genesis that the seed of the woman would bruise the head of the serpent one day. And one day, according to, Isaac, according to Genesis 49, his, his prophetic name in the Old Testament, many of you that read your Bible understand this, he's called Shiloh. Somebody shout Shiloh. It says that one day we'll be under the law until Shiloh comes. And when Shiloh comes, unto him will be our redemption. He's the one who will redeem us. He will be the Lord. He will be the Christ. He will be the Savior. We will not be under a law of just do's and don'ts. We will be born into his kingdom. It's a powerful thing. The scripture says, in conclusion, listen to this. Glory to God in the highest. I can see those other angels just bursting out with what they were created to do. They're messengers, the Bible says. That's what the word angel means, messenger. Glory to God in the highest, verse 14. And on earth, man now can have peace and goodwill with God. Until that time, the scripture says, there was a gulf that divided us because of Adam's sin, him being the fountainhead of all of humanity, his sin, his separation passed on to us. That's why the Bible says you might have been born out of Adam's seed like every one of us were initially, but when Jesus comes into your life, come on, shout it out loud, you get born again. Not of the flesh, but of the spirit. And now we are at peace with God like a father is to his son. We're at peace with God like a husband is to his family, to his wife. We have a godly relationship. Peace. Goodwill came to pass. Let me just finish this reading. As the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let's go even into Bethlehem and see this which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary. I wish I had time to do this. The word found, just, it just means they were searching and looking and looking and searching, and bam, they found the one wrapped in swaddling clothes. I don't know how many young uh, babies and kids they saw that day, 
But the word used there was the word babe. You will find the babe. And the word babe means a newborn infant. It doesn't mean someone who's six months old or just a, a small child. It means one that was freshly born. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. And these shepherds are looking. And they're looking for that sign that that angel said, the one that I'm talking about will be wrapped in the swaddling clothes. One of the unique things about swaddling clothes, when Jesus was crucified, Josephus and others say, and the Bible says in the book of John, that they took cloth and they wrapped him in that cloth. It's the same cloth that Lazarus was wrapped in. It's an interesting thought that the Lamb of God was born and wrapped like a little lamb. Maybe God did that to indicate one day He would also die for us as the Lamb of God, the sacrificial Lamb who took away the sin of the world and opened that portal between heaven and earth in the spirit where man can be reconciled and have peace with God again. In conclusion, he says, they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. When they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Mary and Joseph needed to hear what the shepherds had to say for the story. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. I think that's so beautiful. Everybody say, God bless Mary. She was a virtuous woman. God used her. Come on, say, God bless Joseph. He was powerfully used by God to raise and protect Jesus in the early years of his life. They have a great reward in heaven. Listen to what I'm going to tell you. It says, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and pondered them. The word kept is a beautiful word in the Greek. And it literally means to treasure it. It means to guard it like a valuable treasure. She took all of these series of events. It's important to hear this. And the Bible says she treasured them. She guarded them in her heart. What's your relationship with God like? What are you going to remember about this moment today? What do you do with the teaching of the Word of God and the ways of God? Do you guard them in your heart? And don't let anyone or anything change those out of your life. Jesus is the Christ. He's the Lord. He's the Savior. He's who gives you peace with God. And there's no other way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And the Bible says she pondered them in her heart for the sake of time. And once again, I'll give you the class later in Greek on it. But it just literally means to understand, to look at every event. Now listen. And to to put it in order, to chronologically keep it in, in its order. It says Mary, God gave her the role of keeping all of these events and keeping them in order. She didn't write them down. She kept them. She guarded them. I know every mother probably, the first child you have, you can probably remember a whole lot about it. But as time goes on, and you tell the story and you remember it, sometimes it kind of gets stretched out a little bit. And it gets worse. It was the worst one that ever happened. And, or it was the easiest birth that ever happened. And, and parents, you know, and obviously all I can say is, thank God for, for all of the women is all I can say. 
Because I'm going to tell you, I don't know any man in here with enough nerve to have more than one child. But women just, it's a God thing is all I can say. Listen, but sometimes the stories kind of get embellished a little bit. But the scripture says of Mary and God takes time to make sure emphatically it's written with some very powerful, strong words. She kept that and she put it in order. The reason that's so important is she ended her life living in what's called Ephesus. Ephesus is today what's in Turkey. There where the church was, where the Apostle Paul raised the church of Ephesians in Ephesus. There John took care of her, the scripture says. Luke was there for several years. And at some point she would have relayed that. Rick, she would have told it to him in order. And under the influence of the Holy Ghost, Luke pinned down what Mary told. The order of what happened that night when the angel appeared and all of those events that took place. She pondered it. She kept it in order. And God preserved it for you and me. And then he blessed it. Somebody shout bless. That means it's God's word. And that's the way our Savior came to earth. It's in black and white. Divinely recorded and coded for us to understand that Jesus was not just a mortal man, but he was the Christ. Come on, say it with me. Christ, Savior, and Lord. Say it with me. Christ, Savior, and Lord. Yes, he was a little baby, and he went through all of that process, but he came as the sacrificial lamb. Swaddled like the lambs of the temple. And at the appointed time, he died for you and me, the perfect sacrifice. And then he arose 72 hours later. Oh, hallelujah. This is Walter Hallam, and I want to thank you for listening today and just receiving that good word of God that you've gotten off of this podcast. You know, bringing a podcast to you, it's free to you, but it costs to take the gospel of Jesus to the world. You can be a partner. You can help support. Uh, Men and women I found are so generous when the word of God is coming into their life. They want to help take that gospel to someone else. You can text to give today to 832-981-1601. And you can give any support, any amount, and it will be a great blessing. And it will help take the gospel of Jesus uh, to someone else. We'll go the next day and the next day. So text to give today, 832-981-1601. And I want to thank you in advance because without you and with others who support, it would be so difficult for us to get the good news of Jesus Christ into this great generation. Do your part today. Thanks for helping. I love you. I can't wait to see you on the next podcast.